I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, clark.com slash ask. That's where you go to ask me a question. You also can ask questions off the air of a member of our team. That's free. Clark.com, scroll down a little, you'll see phone number and hours Monday through Friday to get free off the air advice. And I just love this. You know, it's been an open secret for two months that T-Mobile and Sprint are going to merge, which would mean significantly higher cell phone bills in the United States. And now there are rumors emanating from Wall Street that the deal fell through between Sprint and T-Mobile. And what happened? The value of shares of Verizon and AT&T both going straight down, cratering the stocks, because they've both been banking on being able to charge you much higher rates for cell phones if we end up going from four competitors in the United States to three. So for now, you and I are good and our wallets are safe because it will get, uh, what's that old football expression? It'll be bad ugly, bad ugly if those two get married for your wallet and mine, everything comes back to football for me. Uh, coming up, because football is my life, coming up in a little while in today's Clark Rage, I'm going to talk about an angle on how people that are teachers and other nonprofit and public service workers are getting absolutely horribly mistreated. And it is a true Clark Rage that I'm going to bring to you. Christmas shopping is fully underway, and I was in a store yesterday that had just endless arrays of Christmas merchandise out, and you would think that Christmas was in two days from looking at all the displays and all the Christmas merchandise that was out. And so we are are ready or not in the Christmas shopping season with, in terms of how retailers look at it, not a very long number of days till Christmas. And I want to talk about something that, it's going to sound so common sense, but it's a problem every year and every uh, shelter and humane society in the United States wants you to know this, and that is, please think through really thoroughly before you bring home a cute puppy for your kids or for yourself. Because puppies just, I mean, they're just cute, right? And you hold them in your hands and you think, oh, isn't this great? And then you get them home and they're a big responsibility, not like a new child in the world, but big responsibility a lot of uh, a lot of pooping and peeing all over your house right and a lot to take care of and what happens in january but people take these new puppies to the humane society or local shelter and so really really think through and be aware and be careful with all the people that will take advantage if you have a desire for a particular breed There is a big story 
going on about people impersonating Delta Airlines in different ways involving pets, and one involves uh, buying dogs that are part of particular breeds that are in right now, and people are buying them thinking somehow this is related to Delta, and they're buying non-existent pets that never show up, and then you add into that the problem with it's come up with somebody impersonating Delta saying they're booking animal shipping where you're getting an animal from one place to another pet transit is usually what's referred to during the holiday period Thanksgiving through Christmas New Year's and so uh, Delta's done nothing wrong they have nothing to do with the problem of the imposters I just want you to know that that's going on and please be very mindful before you go ahead and get that cute puppy really think through how that's going to work in your life and I remember two years ago that my kids were like all excited about this puppy and I didn't want to get it and uh, my uh, middle child and my youngest were just pouring crocodile tears and like a father does I relented and neither of those kids have paid one second's attention to Winston ever since Winston came to our house not one can't get him to feed Winston can't get him to take Winston out and Winston ends up being my responsibility and take it from me Don't let the kids do the crocodile tears thing on you. Do what I say, not what I did. Kathy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Kathy. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Kathy. How can I be of service to you? Um, Well, I was just um, interested in what your thoughts are on refinancing student loans. I have a um, a huge student loan debt. and um, Is it going to be worth it? I hope so. Um, It was a medical school loan. Oh, what kind of doc are you going to be? So I've been practicing now for two years. I'm I'm a pediatrician. Okay. So a pediatrician, you know, takes a lot of love to be a pediatrician, and you're not high up on that medical pay scale, are you? Exactly. Well, how much total in student loans do you have? Um, it started off at like two hundred thousand dollars with in, like all the interest I had accrued, and now I've paid it down to about a hundred and seventy. So I've tried to make some little dent in it. No, that's that. fantastic. You're out of school two years, and you've already wiped out fifteen percent of the student loans. Yeah, I've been just like putting as much as I can towards it, but I still feel like even with that, I can't make a great dent in it because of how high the interest rate is. And how high is it? Is it about six point eight? Exactly. Wow, that's a good guess. Okay. And you want to know what alternatives you have from cuz you're in you're in graduate plus loans, I'm guessing. Well, so I mean I'm 2 years out of like residency and everything. So out No, I mean the loan the loan product uh, you have is grad plus loans? Um they're uh, they're federal. I think they're all federal loans. I'm yeah, that sure would be grad, grad plus. plus. All right. Okay. So you have a conundrum. 
because with the interest rates in the U.S. economy being as low as they are and being a doctor, you're looked at as an extremely low credit risk, you have the potential of doing something that is kind of like walking on a high wire. You can refi those into a private fixed rate loan because of your choice of profession, you're an extra preferred risk, and you may be able to cut that interest rate as low as to somewhere in the upper threes potentially, which would make an enormous difference. But what you give up is you give up the borrower protections that exist in the federal student loan program. But I think it's worth it because uh, you're in a profession where you have a really decent income stream, and if you could cut that interest rate to, let's just say even below 5% fixed rate, you're going to be much better off than you are at 6.8. Can I give you a couple of places you should look? Yes, that'd be great. Um, Sophie is probably the biggest. Sophie, Sophie, I never remember which way to say that. Dot com is one that has done a huge number of refinances for people who are who have professional degrees like you have. And okay. have you tried to see what kind of quote they would give you? Um, yeah, I think I got a number like close to four point seven percent. All right. So if four if they'll do four point seven, unless you can beat that somewhere else. That's worth it. Fixed rate, right, at 4.7? Yes, a fixed rate. Yeah, so if you can go from 6.8 to 4.7, I'd say go for it. Okay. Now, they have a competitor named Credible, C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com, and I'd put them into competition with each other, and whichever gives you a lower fixed rate, I'd take it. You know, two points difference is enough that you'll be having so much more money go to principal than the interest you have to pay right now that I think that's a good decision. Okay. Especially if you in two years have been able to pay off 15% of the balance, considering how much interest you're accruing over those two years, I'm really comfortable with you going from a federal loan to a private. Okay. So I would would definitely, while interest rates are low, grab a hold of a meaningfully lower rate, and that absolutely is. Eva's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Eva. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Eva. You want to talk about getting a laptop? Uh, no, quite. Uh, this is about the question of uh, Chromebook use. Uh, following your suggestion, uh, I've been using Chromebook for the uh, specific, like a financial or whatever, the information However, recently I found out that the, our organization does not keep the internal email too long. Therefore, they said I should copy on my own. To do that, I have to get out of Chromebook and have to go to PC. So I started using more and more PC because I cannot copy straight into flash drive. Unless you have any good suggestions, so I'm stuck with PC now. Now, you're, so the problem specifically that you're having with the Chromebook, let me understand where the flash drive fits in. Yes. Uh, the, I even talked to Google Tech. I cannot copy the information directly into flash drive. Well, what about using Google Drive 
to store in the yes, cloud. But that's in the cloud. Do are you comfortable using? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm so much more comfortable with the security standards that you have with one of the cloud providers than you and I as uh, everyday people are ever going to be able to establish as tight a level of security at our own PC, our own Windows computer, or MacBook in our home. We're never going to be as good as the cloud servers. That doesn't mean that, that somebody might not hack into the cloud, but the cloud operators... You know, they have people full-time. All they're doing is trying to keep the system safe and secure. Mm. And I would feel much more comfortable you using a Chromebook and whatever you have to store, storing on Google Drive, where it's stored in the cloud for you, than doing it where you're storing on a flash drive. Because then again, you're vulnerable. Somebody hacks into your PC they're off to the races because they've got everything on your drive available to them. And I, I would I would not be nervous. Are you nervous about using Google Drive? Yes, because it's cloud and put all the, like a financial information, whatever, on the cloud. I'm okay with that. Huh. Oh. I know that's shocking. Yes. But uh, again, you and I, we don't have entire teams of brainiacs trying to figure out how to prevent hackers and at our own home particularly on the macbooks or the windows pc products there's just such exposure such vulnerability that the chromebook with the cloud i see as a safer alternative there's no perfect answers but i'd feel more comfortable that way i'm so grateful to people who work in nonprofit organizations, work for charitable groups, teach in our classrooms. These are people that are generally highly educated, highly motivated to serve others. As a result, there is a special federal program that encourages people who work in charitable works, work in good works, uh, public safety workers, things like that, to be able to have federal loan forgiveness for student loans so they won't feel they have to go work in a more traditional setting and can settle for less money working as a teacher, public safety worker, nonprofit, that kind of thing. And now those people who in good faith have enrolled in the federal student loan forgiveness program, now that we're at the first year that loans are going to be forgiven, are finding out they've been stabbed in the back all along. It's today's Clark Rageous Moment. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. So here's the deal in short form. Federal government contracts with people to handle their student loans for them, for the taxpayer, for the federal government. And these various servicing bureaus have botched the administration of the loan forgiveness program. And now all these people who thought they, in good faith since 07, have been clicking off the months of on-time payments to have the remainder of their student loans forgiven are being told, ah, well, we didn't tell you the right thing, so you lose. 
That is an absolute outrage. You know, if we offer a program like this and the federal government's own contractors don't administer it properly, why is it that the people working in public safety, working as school teachers, working in nonprofits, should now be burned and told, well, now the clock starts over and you have to pay for another 10 years because we didn't do our job right? It's time for the Secretary of Education to set this right and do right by these nonprofit workers and teachers and the rest instead of saying, your problem that we didn't do the job right. That is a true Clark rage. I'm so glad you made our show part of your day, and I want to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me that will help you keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money each and every day. There was a survey out just just in the last couple of days that found that one in six millennials intend to never own a car as long as they live. It's a trend that a lot of people in America can't even begin to fathom. But I've told you that, that the age that people are getting driver's licenses is getting much older and that more than a third of people hit their 20s without having gotten a license. And I remember counting down on a calendar. We didn't have any electronics in that day. It was an old-fashioned calendar. How many days it was till I could have my license. It was such a thing at one point, but not anymore. And the idea of owning a car, even among millennials that'll drive, is just not a big priority. So... There is something that was like made-to-order for millennials called FAIR, F-A-I-R, FAIR.com. And this is freaky weird. You may have heard me talk about the enormous success of Carvana. Don't know if they're making any money, but they're selling a huge number of used cars, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, where people buy cars sight unseen right on their smartphone. And then they have a right to return it if they don't like it in, I think, a week's time, something like that. And FAIR takes it a step farther. You get a used car on FAIR.com on your mobile device, and you choose what vehicle you're going to get and all that, the used vehicle, but you only keep it as like a long-term rental for as long or short as you want it. It is a completely different concept of having a vehicle. And I think about where I've had questions from people about how in the world do you get a car for a couple of months? My oldest brother, who is retired, has no home, has had this problem before when they are somewhere in the United States where they need a car for two or three months, how do they do it? Well, now with FAIR, there's a potential way to do it. How it's actually going to work out day to day, I got no clue. But my brother is far older than a millennial, but he, at 70, 
is the perfect customer for this. And we're speaking now with Mysterious Anonymous, because I don't see your name. Hi, what's your name? Welcome to the Clark Hi, my name is Sharon. Sharon, hi. Yes. Nice to have you here, Sharon. How can I be of service to you today? Let me unplug you here. Hi, Clark. It's nice to talk to you. Well, great having you here. And you have a question about suddenly rising rates at a time that supposedly there's almost no inflation in the U.S. economy. What is running up on you? My homeowner's insurance. um, I've noticed the last several years it's gone up. uh, Well, over the last three years, it's gone up $450. We haven't had any claims, and we haven't made any improvements, and I'm just curious as to what's going on. So give me uh, what the base was three years ago and what it is with this renewal. How much were you paying before this $450 run-up accumulated? Oh, okay. I I didn't write down those numbers. I just wrote up that it went up $104 in 2015, $119 in 2016, 238 this year. All right. Um, so there's a couple of possibilities. I'm going to give you a What's few that? possibilities. Ready? Okay. Okay. First thing, is there any chance that they boosted the amount that they had as the value for your home, which would translate almost directly into higher premiums? So they said, you know, home values have gone up. We want to raise the amount of value that we state for your home. I am sure they have. I think they have raised it every year. Okay. And that's something I'm not upset about because a huge number of homeowners are grossly underinsured. The whole purpose of having homeowners insurance is in the event there was a catastrophic loss that you're put back whole. Well, what's been happening is that people who've been in a home a good long while who have never adjusted how much coverage they have based on the value of their home going up over the years, could have a major claim and be left out of pocket with massive exposure because they don't have enough insurance. Okay. So if the reason your premiums have gone up is because the coverage limits have steadily increased, that's not a bad thing because the think about the $450 premium increase, if it saves you from tens of thousands or maybe even past $100,000 in out-of-pocket exposure in the event of a major claim, it's worth it. Well, I I do have to ask you this question then. Uh, The dwelling that they've shown, the dwelling limit of liability, um, I'm assuming because of the amount they've shown here, let me see if I can explain this, I kind of know what my home is worth, and my home is not worth as much as they're showing. Plus, I'm sitting on a piece of land, which is, I assume, they're including that in the value of the dwelling. Okay. Plus other structures, which I don't have. Well, you could, and the question I would have, how long have you been with this one homeowner's insurer? Uh, oh, wow. Six years here. All right. Uh, previously, I mean, I've been with them for probably 20 years overall. All right. So there are a handful of insurers that are using what's known as loyalty index scoring. And if they know that a particular policyholder has shown great loyalty 
then they're going to charge higher premiums to you because they their algorithm says that you are not going to resist higher prices because your highest priority is loyalty to that insurer. And I and I believe that, and I get that. But here's a can I throw a little twist in here? Of course. Uh, I went on the website. I went to three of the recommended companies, made online requests for quote. Um, so far, my deal is the best deal out there, based on the three that I got back. One of them was as much as fifteen hundred a year higher than mine, and I used the same information that's showing on my. Uh, insurance policy here all right so in that case there's not really a reason for you to make a switch however you could talk to them about uh arguing why you feel you're overinsured but but i'm always comfortable in you paying a little too much premium to make sure that you can sleep well at night knowing that you're not going to get an argument at a time of a huge loss that they say, well, I agree oh, a thousand percent with you there. So that one I'll let you make the call on, but it doesn't sound like there's a good reason to switch companies based on the scenario you outlaid. So laid out. So the only thing you really have to decide is how much do you want to argue with your insurer about how much right. they say it's going to take to rebuild your home. Be aware that even though your home may sell for less the cost of rebuilding it per square foot is far above what the market value of a home is because the cost of construction and reconstruction, which is even higher in the event that there is a huge loss. So I know I just sounded like I was spouting insurance jargon, but I believe so strongly that the big problem is the opposite of what you're stating and that is people that are too exposed, underinsured. Phil is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Phil. Hello, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Phil. You want to give some advice to fellow listeners about a very serious topic that I have raised on our show. Yes, I, I'm a recovering 70-day pain pill oxycodone addict opiate-free for 70 days. Congratulations to you. Thank you so much. How have you yeah. made it to 70 days? What what were the things that turned this around for you? Well, I had hit, basically hit rock bottom. My doctor, kinda, I, I needed to get help. I knew that I, something wasn't right. I had a pain injury, and I was, was prescribed these two years ago, three years ago it was maybe, and you know my dosage kept going up and up, and I needed them just to function, just to get out of bed. They, they didn't so much help my pain. But I was able to, with the help of my family and 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 my wife and my parents, um, go to a a clinic, uh, get checked in. And um, the big thing is, people don't know where to go, where to turn to. You're so down in the dumps, and you don't know how to get help. And I know there's people out there, there's listeners that are, but there is hope. And these pills eat your dopamine, your serotonin. And you feel like you are hopeless. You feel, I wasn't suicidal, but I was hopeless. I, I, I owned two businesses. I didn't want to get up. I, I, I actually burned through my emergency fund that, you know, you always stay, you know, set aside on pills that cause I did have a prescription, but I wasn't, you know, I needed more. So I was buying them off the street and it just almost ruined my life. But again, I went to this place 
After 45 to 70 days, I started feeling better. They put me on some anxiety and depression meds. Um, and I'm running two businesses, and I'm I'm full bore. I'm starting to save money again, and uh, I listen to your show every night. I I listen to you before I go to bed and uh, for a couple hours, and then I just go right to bed, and hopefully all that energy and <laughs> and, and information sucks in while I'm sleeping. I cannot thank you enough for taking time to talk about what's happened with you. And this started off, you said, because of a back injury. Is that I right? I had a neck injury neck about injury. four years ago, and I, I started taking meds prescribed five a day. And then I got up to six a day, seven a day, eight a day. I was, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I wasn't being honest with my doctor. It wasn't my doctor's fault. I was taking more, and they made me feel good. And then, and then after a while, you build up a tolerance, and then you start going on the downward spiral. And, and another thing, if we can fight this epidemic, and I know um, President Trump is, is doing things, but 80% of the crime I feel or have been reading is because of drug money and drugs and to get drugs. So if we can tackle this addiction and stuff and get people off of meds, there'll be less crime. So I really think, I loved your CBS report the other day that they're only giving them for seven seven days and then you have to go back in. That's a key um, for new new prescriptions. Um, my son just got in an accident this weekend and he needed to take him for a couple of days, but he took like two a day for three days and boom, he's done. You know, so he got through the pain, the, the, the initial real bad pain, but, uh, I'm just glad you're covering this because again, it is. Well, it, it tears so at my, let me tell you something. It tears at my heart. So many people in the most productive times of their lives when they should be, and in the greatest time of their lives, enjoying family and, in your case, enjoying your career with your businesses, that you end up a prisoner to an addiction just is something that I think about a lot and I worry about a lot. And I worry about people who were are in the situation that you were in. And that's why I talk about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, what difference does it make is – as you were mentioning that you you hear me talk about advice about saving and all that, yeah, I right. mean, it doesn't mean anything if your own life is coming off the rails. So, right, and I just wanted to also emphasize, I don't drink, I don't do any other types of drugs, I never did marijuana, so it can happen to anybody. You know, it's not like I was an actual drug addict. And and um, But again, people, you can get help. Just seek it out. I died one night. I know I did, but I... But, the Lord, um, I, I, I honestly believe he put me back on earth to help other people, and, and that's what I want to do. Well, I am so excited for you, Phil. So glad for you. And I wish you continued success, and this will be an ongoing thing to be able to deal with this, but fantastic that you're 70 days off the opiates, and I hope that others will be inspired who feel overwhelmed and go seek help just like you did. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, 
giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joyce joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Joyce. How you doing? Hi, Clark. It's good to talk with you. Well, good to have you here. How can I serve you? I've been wondering if, in light of the Equifax breach, if you'd uh, be recommending me using a site like Mint.com or something to keep track of my finances. So I love Mint, and Mint is free to use. It allows you such great tools for you to track everything going on with your spending, to set goals, to budget, and they do it all for nothing. And the risk is, as with any other site you use, is what happens if they get hacked. But we're in an era where the vulnerabilities are all around us. And, you know, unless you want to go back to living in a cave somewhere and barter in life, I mean, we stand risk. And Mint, I feel, is one of those things where the risk-reward is such that the reward is valuable enough that you take the chance that somebody might cause some havoc in your life because what you know you're going to get is so valuable. Okay, well, that's encouraging. So I I wish I could say, oh, Mint, there's never going to be a hack because they do this and they do that and they do the other. But as we've learned, it doesn't matter what kind of site you are, there are vulnerabilities. Right. But I feel comfortable that it's worth it. You know, in life we have to measure. It's like we get in a car if we drive every day, and we know that there's a lot of danger driving a car, you know, being in an accident, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But we still do it. And I would put this in that category that, the danger is far outweighed by the benefit. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Clark. Sure. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. And Joel, let's do an Ask Clark. I think we have time to sneak one in. That sounds good, Clark. You just made a driving reference. And Jackie wants to know, when is the best time to lease a vehicle instead of buying a vehicle? Uh, let's see. Okay, I'm done. No, <laughs> they're, they're uh, leasing almost never works out if it's all about money. And the people who should look at leasing are people who like to have new wheels every two or three years, that having a car is a lifestyle choice and not a financial one. If you're worried about doing what's most efficient with your wallet, leasing is not where it's at. Because the whole idea of leasing is when you lease a new vehicle, you are essentially financing the huge loss in value that a vehicle has in those first two to three years of operation. So there is no time that I'm excited about leasing unless it is a way that you efficiently can have new wheels routinely. All right, John says, I want to get a credit card that I can use every month to pay my house and car payment and other expenses and pay it off every month. Is that a good idea? Well, Most people will not let you use a credit card for a car loan, and I'm not aware of anyone that will allow you to use a credit card for a home mortgage. 
So it's a nice idea. It just won't work. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day. If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center and you can get that free off-the-air advice.